Welcome back to Geeking Out Over Star Wars. My name is Zachary. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Shamari. Shamari, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, just glad to be back on the show. Uh, we have a very uh, exciting show. because uh, We'll be reviewing, uh, um, uh, I think, I think uh, one of the better, honestly, I think one of the better books that we've gotten uh, recently in the Star Wars universe. Uh, so I'm excited to talk about it. I'm actually with you. I'm really excited to talk about Into the Dark also. Um, and that is what we'll be talking about, Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. The most recent High Republic novel, granted, that came out about a month ago now. But we had to make our way through it and then schedule the episode. Uh, this episode's actually coming out only a week after the last one, even though we are recording it two weeks later. But some technical difficulties and some internet troubles kind of kept me from uploading it. Uh, that said... This will be one of the longer episodes, and so we will pretty much get right into it. Before that, though, of course, this is Geeking Out Over Star Wars, where we do just what the title says. Shamari and I meet, we geek out over everything Star Wars, whatever big is going on, books, movies, comics, anything. Right now, most of our content is High Republic-focused, because that is the big thing happening. There's not much news going on, but that's okay. There's still a ton going on. We have Victory's Price came out the finale in the alphabet squadron so we'll probably be talking about that um in a few weeks um mm -hmm. uh and and a bunch of other stuff i know the new throne ascendancy book is coming out soon am i correct yeah yeah it's gonna be coming out soon also and that i see i haven't read those books but i'd love to get your take on that for this show so that'll be that'll be something that you Absolutely. guys can look out for also so most of our stuff is canon related and book related uh before we get into the into into the dark though into into the dark wow that's weird um <laughs> what has been what are you what star wars content have you been consuming lately uh so lately i've been i've been uh knee deep in the uh from a certain point of view the empire strikes back novel uh so i have been reading that um and it, well and, and listening to it i listen to audiobooks uh, usually and it has been uh it's very good, and um, th which I mean, honestly, those books are such a joy. They're such a joy. I mean, it's just, it's like you're watching the movies again, but you, but it's just from the, different points of view. That's literally, as the the titles imply, uh, they're yeah, they're, you know, I really couldn't recommend them enough. They're honestly some of my favorite stuff, uh, and a lot of like really cool canon like new stuff that you just would not have expected. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what I've been I've been getting into uh, lately. So that's been my Star Wars, my uh, daily Star Wars uh, consumption <laughs> uh, as of late. So that's been really awesome. See the all those new canon de details that you talked about. I never would have expected that when that first book came out. From a certain yeah. point of view, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. But I have not picked these up, and even with your strong recommendations. But I definitely think, and we talked about this. We'll probably make that in the next episode, most likely, because I think. That'll be really nice to hear your thoughts and to really talk about it and then see if you can get me to finally pick it up. Because I got some Audible credits waiting around. I might as well oh, use yeah. them, right? Oh, absolutely. I might as well use them. I've been reading the... Well, I started Victory's Price a few days ago. Okay. Um, and it's okay so far. I'm not too I'm not too far in, so I can't, I can't really comment on it. Uh, I did not love Shadowfall. Okay. Um, I think it started out really great, but then the second half kind of... They do what every every middle chapter in Star Wars does. 
from Empire Strikes Back to The Last Jedi to this is that they break up the team. And I thought yep. that made sense, but it just felt a little drawn out. But that's we'll talk about that later. Um, and also the High Republic comic books. Um, mm. Just the High Republic and then the High Republic Adventures. Um, I'm really loving the High Republic, which is their main series. Uh, I'm not so in love with the High Republic Adventures. I guess you could say that's like the first thing. In this High Republic initiative, I'm not liking it. has less to do with the content, actually, and more with the art style that just makes it really hard to read. Um, and I read a lot of comic books, so it was a little bit jarring for me. Um, but we'll probably review those when the complete runs are done. Um, so in June or July, like after the first arc, and we can talk about those uh, and go into those. Um, all right, so without further ado, let's get into the dark. This is the third novel, After Light of the Jedi, and a test of courage and this one's by claudia gray who has this excellent track record with star wars novels now she's proven she is a fan favorite with good reason lost stars is phenomenal um i'm now drawing a blank as we're recording this i'm drawing a blank on on her other books uh, there's, uh, there's bloodline oh there we go and i love both of them and lost stars and jeez uh... man oh and there's uh, the, the Leia Princess of Alderaan, which is also, I think that one's really underrated also. That's a really good one. I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan. I promise. I know my stuff. This is, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, she, proven track record. She's my favorite novelist in, in the new canon. Um, and she knocks it out of the park here again. I really think it's the best of the High Republic books so far. Um, and I know that I think you agree, right? I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is a wonderful, uh, wonderful book. Mm-hmm. there's there's something about it in that it has a lot of characters and we'll get into that in the first part and they're really introduced at the front but because they're all introduced at the front it's still very focused and so the entire mm-hmm. right. book we are with this one group of characters and we don't really stray too far and it's so character driven right it really gets into their thoughts and their emotions and their ups and downs like these are fully fledged people and I think yeah. that's just been, it was really fun to get into their heads. And um, Claudia Gray just shows that she really does know Star Wars as well as anybody. Um, so mm-hmm. when does this book take place? This book takes place pretty much concurrently concurrently with Light of the Jedi. So right before the dedication, or quite a few weeks before the dedication, Wreath Silas, our main, main character, who is the Padawan, of Jorah, Jorah Mali, who was the assigned marshal to Starlight Beacon, um, is he's a he's a book he's a book smarts kid. He does not like adventure. He does not want to go to the frontier to the outer rim with his master. He would very much like to stay on Coruscant. He is reticent to move and upend his life. Coruscant's the only no- home he knows, but he doesn't really have a choice. He goes where his master says. So when Master Jorah Mali goes out. He is set to follow when he f- finishes his class. He's got one le- one more class at Coruscant. He's set to follow and go with them. So he is almost late to the ship that's leaving. And that's and right then, we're introduced to pretty much all of our characters. So Wreath Silas, like I said, the apprentice, main, main character of the book. Um, but really, everybody gets t- their time to shine in this book, which I really liked. We have um, Orla Jereni, who is a Jedi Knight who is kind of going on her own little spiritual journey here, and she is, um, she wants to become a way seeker, and, and we'll talk about that later. We have Master Comac Vitus, 
um, another Jedi, and him and Orla Jereni have this history that plays out through the book through flashbacks. And then we have Des Ryden, who was the former Padawan before Wreath Silas for Jorah Mali. And they have a really nice, um, really nice camaraderie there. Now, what did you think for the introduction? And I guess you can talk about overall those four main Jedi characters for the book. Uh, so, so yeah, I think just to kind of jump off of what you what you were mentioning before as well, I really love the characters in this book. I think Claudia Gray did a great job of characterizing them. It, like you said, they introduced the characters early. Um, it's a it's a it's a nice chunk of characters, but you stick with them the whole through the whole book. And I I am a huge fan of all these characters. And I, it's funny, I was just telling my uh, my younger brother about this earlier. Um, I like all the characters in this book. Well, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> some of the other characters. But I, I, for the most part, I like all the characters in this book. It, it, I mean, it's especially, well, I like all the Jedi. That I can say for sure, which is what's most important to me personally. Um, so, yeah, I love all the Jedi. Wreath, uh, Orla, Comac. Uh, so I'm a fan of all the Jedi. And, um, Dez, uh, in. I, um, so, yeah, I, I love the characterizations. I love their different kind of personalities and quirks. And I'm, um, and... You know, by the end, you feel like you've just taken this journey with Wreath, and it's such a journey of growth, and with everything that they go through, which we're going to get into. Um, but the characters themselves, and the Jag particularly, I love all their, like how they're all characterized. I just thought it was really well done. They really do all go through growth throughout this book. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a young adult spaced out, usually the way the format is of a book, 400 pages. Mm-hmm. But it is... Uh, it's just chock full of so much development and growth throughout it. So you really come, I came to love all of these characters individually for different reasons. Um, and that was just fantastic. And we really are introduced to them from the outset. And yeah, we stick with them, like you said. There's no, this is the main cast. And we'll introduce another few three in a second. But this is the main cast going forward through the whole book. So it's not like all of a sudden halfway through we switch to a whole nother point of view. Um, that we of characters we don't know about and we have to adjust. No, these are our characters going forward. Now, these four Jedi on the way to Starlight Beacon, their original transport um, is unable to take them, so they get a replacement ship. A replacement ship, and who's part of the Bind Guild, um, and it's captained by Leox Giasi or Giasi. I'm uh, pff, not sure. Um, co-pilot Affy Hollow, who has one of the bigger of the of the ship crew is probably the biggest role in the book. Um, yeah. Who is the daughter of the Bind Guild leader. And then we have Navigator Geode, who is a Vintian. And right now there's a picture going along, going around. Yeah. Star Wars released uh, the concept yeah. art for the character. Um, character is a loose term because it is literally just a slab of rock. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just a rock. It's just a rock, and a lot of people are are a little upset. And I gotta say though, gotta read the book. It, there's actually so much personality, and it never talks. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't never talks. But because of all the interactions everybody else has around it, him is it? Does it have? Is it? I am I giving it a pronoun or is it just it? I honestly I don't know. I can't remember. I I yeah I'm not I don't remember either. But um, you know. Uh, 
I'm not going to say it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're definitely not but, saying that. But I, I really can't remember if, if either way, it's a large sentient rock, and this rock is actually funny. But funny because of the way the other characters react to what he, what they hear him saying, but we don't actually get to hear. Uh, so that was awesome. And I got to say, I loved these three characters as well. Um, I think Leox Giasi comes off as really affable and lovable, right? And and some at some point, you know, earlier on in the book, he comes off as n- not quite the scoundrel. He he definitely is out for himself a little bit, but he's out for himself in that he just really wants to live a good life and settle down and and be able to do his thing as a pilot, not not because not run over anybody else to do it. And same with Geode. And it's Affie who really gets the the big growth and development in this book as she comes to find out things about the Bind Guild and her mother that she maybe didn't want to know. Um, so now we have our full group here. We got our three from the ship. We got our four Jedi. They are on their way to Starlight Beacon when the hyperspace disaster happens. And this is the legacy run that, as it's trying to tilt out of the way in hyperspace from something that was oncoming, breaks up into million pieces and essentially ejects out of hyperspace all over the galaxy um, at hyperspace speeds, right? So at light speed, and, and if you've read Lie of the Jedi or know the basic premise, that is the big hyperspace disaster that's really kicking off this whole High Republic era. Um, they are forced to exit hyperspace when things get a little bit bumpy, um, and they exo- they end up exiting near an abandoned Amaxine space station, Amaxine, Amaxine space station that was pre-pre- that was whose pre- coordinates were pre-programmed into the ship, um, which is a big mystery that Affy has to solve later. Now, this uh, this space station is derelict. It is out of use. It looks like it's it hasn't been used in a very, very, very long time. Um, now, we, we find out there are 11 other ships that are also stranded. Most of them are just factions and some criminals and, and just gangs that are bad news. I mean, they have to deal with that at the beginning, but it's a little bit of a side a side thing that's not as important. What is important is we meet our last two big characters here, and that is Nan, a, a young girl who seems to have a small little crush at the beginning on Wreath, and this elder that she has with her um, that kind of looks out for her. Now, um, at this point of the story, everything kind of comes together. All of our characters are on the space station. We find out the space station is covered in vines and all of this plant life and these gardening droids. And then these statues are also dotted throughout this one central area in the station that have these deep ties to the dark side. So you saw plants. We see dark side statues. We see we the harmless plants. We all have all our characters together. What are you thinking at this point? Uh, so at this point now, now the book, honestly, when it comes to this start of the book and, and you're introduced to all the, these characters, they get to the space station and everything, uh, it started out and I didn't know how I felt about the book at this point. I was intrigued. Um, but I was like, okay, I have to see like how these characters are developed. I, I immediately in, liked the Jedi characters. I clung to them very quickly. I, like, I like these characters. I like where they're going with this. I liked, um, uh, the uh, geez, what's the one? I don't know why I'm forgetting the the main pilot's name. The guy, uh, Leox. Yeah, I like Leox. 
I didn't know how I felt about Affy, and that honestly didn't really go away. I didn't, I, was, I didn't love Affy, but I was like, okay, but I, I like Leox. I mean, I was, I guess, amused by Geode. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know what to make of it. But, um, but at this point, I was very intrigued, and I, and I, I like the story that that they did with the statues and the plants and the droids. It was very mysterious. It was mysterious throughout. I, you know, I'd say, you know, and as you know, of course, I'd say like two thirds of the book is is very mysterious. It, and you were just, you know, wondering what was going on, which is in a good way. You're just like, oh my, what is this? You know, they're getting like corrupted and like, you know, seeing visions and stuff, and and stuff like that. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah, it was it was it was very well done. It was just a very well told kind of mystery. So at this point, I was enthralled with the story. I was very curious as to what was going on, and and I was just waiting to see, uh, what what the Jedi were gonna do about this whole situation. Yeah, this book is really split up into two halves and this first half is this gathering and mystery mm-hmm. and so all these little seeds um no pun intended are planted for us to really figure out later in the second half but it really ties into mm-hmm. all these different characters and their journeys so we have these plants um we have these gardening droids that that if anybody seems like they're attacking the plants the gardening droids will get very aggressive and violent we have these statues that Orla Jereni and Comac Vitus um, have this force vision from, which kind of plays into a little bit of their shared history, which I think we'll we'll talk about more at the end because it 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 deals with grief and that's a that's actually a really big part of this book and another thing that I loved about it. Um, so we have everyone really starts to explore the station and figure out what's going on. Wreath saves Nan from a um, from gangs who were trying to to kind of abduct her um, mm-hmm. and sell her off. Now, so he does that, um, and he gets some action that, you know, that he didn't expect to be getting here. Orla Jereni and Comac Vitus are figuring out these statues. Um, and at some point, uh, maybe jumbling a little bit, but the big stuff here is that is at some point, they go down into the lower levels of the station, Dez and Wreath. And this is really the big part of the first half of the book. Um, mm-hmm. When they go down, they find... They come across some this this chamber that is like a hyperspace cha- chamber. Um, yep. it, I got lost a little bit incompletely uh, with the uh, with the descriptions and the details. And this hyperspace changer, and essentially, if you if the conditions aren't correct, whoever is behind within this chamber is can be completely v- instantly vaporized mm-hmm. if if it's not done correctly, um, and if they're not, it's not the right conditions, they're not in the ship or something. Sh- you know, long story short, Dez finds himself inside that chamber. There's a massive, giant light, boom, and all of a sudden, Dez is gone. Um, and Dez is dead. Or so we think. But, to all of our characters, Dez is gone. Um, and this is this is the first big loss, and this kind of propels the story forward. So, Wreath just lost Dez, who was a former Padawan of Jorah Mali, And he really starts dealing with with this grief um, and and struggling with that, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Oh, I'm trying to tie it all together because it all. At this point, re- they're reeling from that loss. All of them together. Affy is on her own journey. Right. She finds out there are some symbols written in the station that shows that Bind Guild members had been using the space station for some reason, for some reason earlier. And she also finds out because. Affy has been 
adopted by the Bind Guild leader. Um, finds out that her origin, her actual parents, though, had been to that station also. Now, we don't know what they were using the station for. He thinks maybe it's Bind Guild... Uh, she thinks maybe it's Bind Guild members who are trying to skim off profits from the guild. She's not entirely sure what to make. So now she's made this discovery, and she is going to, you know, try to get back to Coruscant and confront her mother. She is... Um, we have... Orla Jereni and Comac Vitus, who think that these statues are really, really bad, and they're introducing dark side into this, the the dark side into the station. So they need to contain it in the statues and bring those out and take them back to Coruscant. And then we'll all call. Of course, everyone is dealing with the loss of Des, and we have Nan, who the young girl that Wreath saved. She's staying behind to make sure there's some repairs on the repairs on the their ship before they can go which is a very patchwork type of ship so this is where we hit the middle point of the book and they are heading back to Coruscant uh what do we think about all those things that they set up and the mystery they laid and the loss of Dez um so the loss of Dez definitely hit me and I was uh I was shocked but at the same time I was I was also like, wow, you know, I mean, you can see and the way they explained it and how when the hyperdrive, when they turn on the ship and and, you know, that the, you know, whatever, the, you know, the engine, like when it starts and it'll vaporize anything that's there. I was like, wow. So he's gone. And I was, you know, I was kind of taken aback by that. Um, uh, I mean, and at this point, I was. Uh, again, just I think just intrigued by what was going on, wondering what was happening with the with the statues, and you know what they were gonna, you know what exactly was gonna happen with that because I knew the book. I mean, there was still a lot left to go in the book, so you knew there was okay. So, so so where where do we go from here? You know, they know these statues are causing these crazy visions, um, you know, which are very well well described as well. So I was like, wow, these are like some really crazy visions that we're seeing. So. So yeah, at this point, I was I was just I was completely invested, honestly, at this point. And I, I mean, I think I could say the same thing for Light of the Jedi, but not in the same way, because you weren't following the same characters completely throughout the book, so it just didn't feel the same. Um, but here, uh, at this point, I was I was completely uh, completely invested and completely sold with all the characters, and I actually felt for for Des. I think I think uh, Claudia Gray did a great job of characterizing him. Before that whole, you know, uh, before that that situation happened with him, because, um, you know, because you you know him and Reese have their moments, and they have their their kind of connection, you know, of, of Reese asking him for advice and things like that, and, and talking about the, uh, what was that uh, that almost like that not a parable but that that connect thing where she said she wanted him to walk across the bridge. Oh yeah, the yeah. um, oh man, the Force Arch. Inside yeah, the the Coruscant. Yes, and him, you know, not really knowing what that's about, but just telling him that it'll be all right and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, I, I, I definitely felt their relationship, and just me personally, I am a big fan of the kind of sibling Padawan relationship. Or I think they did this. It was similar to uh, 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 Qui Gon, and they introduced a character, Rail Avaros, mm-hmm. yep. who was also Dooku's Padawan. And I'm just a fan of the sibling Padawan thing. I like that a lot. <laughs> so I want more of that. So so yeah, I I I was completely invested 
and I was very upset, but in a good way. Uh, it affected me. I was like, "Oh wow, they they really killed him like this." Like I I so I was I bought it. I was completely sold. Uh, so yeah, this was this was a very tense uh, moment, and and I thought the first half definitely ended on a very suspenseful and uh, and uh, kind of really on an intense uh, note. Yeah, there I'm with you completely. Uh, I think unlike Light of the Jedi, um, you're right. I think we didn't have a full chance to get to really love the characters as much because we didn't get to really go right. with them through everything. And we got snippets as opposed to full stories for them. Um, and, and Into the Dark afforded us the opportunity to really really fall in love with these characters, with the Jedi and with the um, the ship, Leox and Affy and Geode. Um, Dez, Dez, I think, was wonderfully written for the small bit that we got him at the beginning. He, he serves yeah. as a foil to Wreath, right? So Wreath is this bookish... Mm-hmm. head in his books type thing he doesn't he doesn't want to go on adventures where des is the complete opposite he's constantly seeking thrills and adventure um and, right. and they meet in the middle a little bit and they even though they're so opposite you're right they have that that sibling that padawan sibling relationship that that star wars explored um with uh earlier on like you said with qui-gon mm-hmm. and it's something that works really well it's similar to the whole batman like and the Robins theme, right? Like Nightwing yeah. grows up and he becomes like they're like brothers with the with Tim Drake Robin and all the other Robins. Uh, so yeah. it is something that works and it works here really well. So you really do feel Wreath's pain. You feel Wreath's pain. He developed a relationship and something that former Padawans and current Padawans do on, when they have the same master. Yes. So Claudia Gray did a great job of making sure that grief, even though it was so early on was still impactful. And I was very thrown off by this point in the book. I'm loving what I'm getting. I'm loving all the characters. But I'm like, we're going back to Coruscant so soon? We're, like, we're not even yeah. half... We're, we're just at the halfway point, literally, of the book. And like, Wow, alright. So I thought we were going to the space station the whole time. What's going on? Where are we going? And I'm, I'm thoroughly invested. Thoroughly invested. Um, yeah. So, the hyperspace disaster, there's still emergences happening. But some of the hyperlanes going back to Coruscant are now clear and you can return if you need to after Chancellor Lena so opened up some of them but not everything has been solved so we're still not at the end of Light of the Jedi yet and which really encapsulates the whole event we are still very much in the thick of this disaster but they're able to get back to Coruscant um, and we learned quite a few things here in Coruscant all of our characters kind of split up Orla Jereni and Comac Vitus kind of go and work on the um these shrines and these these statues and they take the statues and here we learn something that is a very big piece of lore and you don't think maybe it means something but could actually mean might have led to how the dark side was able to conceal themselves from the jedi so long right under their noses that they the jedi temple on coruscant is built atop a sith temple that a dark side temple um and it's there that they take these statues to be able to remove to safely remove the dark side enchantment enchantments um and we also learn a little bit more about orla jereni and comac vitus and their backstory um so before i go on and what wreath learns and what what affy learns why don't you tell us a little bit about what orla and comac's flashback journey was uh sure um uh, so, so I don't honestly, I don't have the specific, the specific details of that because that honestly, that flashback, um, was, 
uh, I, I wouldn't say I would definitely wouldn't say I didn't like it, but it was definitely it was pulls like, you out a little. It pulls you out, and it's much less, you know, important. Well, as you're going through the flashback, you're you're curious as to what how this is going to end, but it's not as urgent as you know Des being dead or we think he's dead, and these dark side you know totems and all this stuff. So <laughs> so you're kind of like, what's going on? But but the flashback, I know that the general the general sense of it is there are these two nation these two rival like is it are they both separate planets or moons or yeah they were i think they were yeah two like moons that were at war but they don't know why they're ever at war don't like each other yeah yeah they're at war they don't like each other they've been at war for so long they don't even know why but they hate each other and uh they the the leaders are uh they're uh kidnapped right like so they're like um, so they're being they're being basically held hostage and they send out a, um, a like a distress like beacon is sent out and Orla Orla and Comac um, along with a third Jedi. And is it was it was uh, who was the other Jedi that was with them? Well, they had. Well, there were two Jedi. So both of their masters yeah. Okay, um, yeah. were there. Yeah. So both of their masters went with them. Um. And so they end up uh, searching for uh, the leaders uh, throughout the, the flashback. It goes on throughout the book, um, uh, throughout the, the really throughout the uh, most of the book. So they are searching through. They're fighting monsters, um, you know, wa- walking through caves. And the leaders, while they're being held captive, uh, you know, they're kind of getting to know, actually getting to know each other because they're forced to sit and talk. And <laughs> and uh, you know communicate with one another, and um, you know the kidnappers who uh, they were just uh, honestly it seems like they were just trying to get in good with the with the huts, and it's it honestly they seemed very small scale in terms of <laughs> in terms of who they actually were and what their impact was, but but they ended up kidnapping these leaders. They they had this scheme to be to get big in the outer rim, and they really underestimated the Jedi and what they were able to do. Um, but, uh, so, uh, so they're fighting through and, um, uh, and they do end up, uh, uh, they do end up saving, um, one of the leaders, one of them actually ends up dying, ends up sacrificing themselves, uh, uh, for the other one, uh, which was a, which I totally didn't see coming, but it ended up being, uh, being relevant towards the end, but, um, uh, but I feel like there was something else that uh, that happened in that flashback. Well, I think the, the biggest thing, yeah. what we really see for the both of them is that it forms why their personalities are so different from a lot of Jedi. So why Orla wants to become a Wayseeker and why Comac is a little bit of a... He's not estranged. He's another one who believes in a lot of... Um, he, he's very much like right. Wraith in, in knowledge of the Force. Yes. But yeah. he loses his master. Um, yes in the in the flashbacks it listen i'm with you the flashbacks pulled me out a little bit i also thought it would be a whole lot more integral to the story than they ended up being um Mm. but he loses his master and i think that played into his character and how he actually is a little disenfranchised he's got a lot of anger with the jedi and their way of things this this idea of we're not supposed to develop attachments which we saw with um which we talked about in a test of courage last week uh, we're not supposed to develop attachments. You're supposed to have compassion, which, mm-hmm. um, but but we're not supposed to 
fall in love. We're not supposed to have attachments. We're not really supposed to care that deeply about someone. How does that make any sense? Like you put us together and we spend all these years together, but now I'm supposed to just brush it off. Don't, you know, let go of things. Don't hold on to your feelings. Like I can't really like grieve properly. And so that's, that's another exploration of grief that plays into this book. And I think it plays into a lot. We also get with Orla Jereni, we get that she was, it's, it's a little less, it's a little less clear cut as Comax was, but we get that she's a way seeker because she doesn't necessarily like the way that she's told how to use the force and that sometimes she feels off and, and it showed when they were in the flashbacks better off when she uses her instincts and that maybe she needs to be finding the way that works best for her and that doesn't need to be just the Jedi's way of using the force. That's the right way, but that it can yeah. be different for each person. Yeah. And and honestly, I loved, and it was that he lost his master, and, and that was a, that was actually one of the, one of the. I think Comac's journey is one of the, one of the better aspects of the book. Um, which I mean, we'll get into what he what he says to read at the end, but, but, you know, I mean, he you can see he was really struggling, especially through the second half of the book. He was really struggling with <laughs> with just the, the the Jedi way in general. And you see it through the flashback and how he lost his master master and how he's just not allowed to grieve and just how upset he was at the fact that he could not grieve. And you could tell like he just he never got over that. And he tells Orla that like I never got over that. I and think I, 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 I actually yeah. love that. I love that. And listen, we could talk most days are going to go all day. We can go all day about how the prequel dialogue is horrible. But there's actually a line that Anakin says as he's trying to sway Padme creepily. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, you know, you could be say, aren't you not allowed to love Padme Padme's? And you can say, well, we're supposed to have compassion. And so you could say, you know, compassion. What is compassion but unconditional love? So you could say we're encouraged to love. I actually really love that line. Because I think it's very true, and I think it plays into how do these Jedi expect yeah. to not form attachments, not just love attachments. I'm just talking about siblings and and father and mothers, mother like, right? How do you not form those attachments when you spend these years with these people, your whole life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that was, yeah. So, and I agree. I completely. I I love that whole aspect of the prequel trilogy. Um, even though I agree, some of the dialogue was just some of the dialogue was was definitely off. But but the story and tried to do in, in those movies is, is fantastic. And and I mean, what Comac goes through in this in this book is, you know, it kind of points to the same thing. And it's it's and I think it's really telling to see that from someone who was clearly you know he's a at this point he's a jedi master and like he um you know you can tell he's 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 a seasoned jedi he's been a jedi for a long time you know he's in someone that was just knighted like so it was it was just really telling and so i thought that was really cool so now we're at this point so comac and orla are dealing with the statues wreath silas gets mm-hmm. back uh, he's just lost des and here again exploration of grief he now finds out that jorah mali died um his master is is dead and she had died in that big battle with kasav um at the end of light of the near the end of light of the jedi um and now he's completely lost 
He's he is he's grief stricken. He doesn't know what to do. Um, he's unable to really do anything, and he he can't collect his thoughts. Um, and he's all over the place. And that is another again. I think that's one of the biggest themes of this whole book, right? It, it's death and grief and how you process that under this strict code that the Jedi have. Um, and how do you how do you grieve properly? Because he kind of experiences some of the same things that that Comac Vitus asks. Um, and that's what makes them such a good fit, which we'll talk about at the end of the book. Um, so now Wreath has, has lost both his master and his master's former apprentice, and he's feeling really alone. Um, and on the other side of Coruscant, Afi Hollow is confronting her adoptive mother, Scover, who is the leader of the Bind Guild, on why there are coordinates to that station and why there are... Um, and why those ships and why her family's ships uh, was there. And she finds out that Maxine Station is actually used. Um, the guild traders use the station and its helix rings to try to boost their ships. But the big thing that she learned was that the Bind Guild uses indentured servants. Um, this is yep. an aspect of the, of the book that I liked it individually right it's a good story to tell and i like her i like her inclusion with the overall cast but it still also felt a little bit removed from everything so it was harder to buy into everything that was going on but i still think it's a great exploration of, of family um and everything and now she wants to she really wants to she wants to go back and pretty much get proof of this um and kind of, and she has a big decision to make. Does she report her adopted mother, who she loves so much, or not? Um, her story, and I think actually a lot of this book, I think Claudia, I think Into the Dark and Claudia Gray have, she's, she very much is using the book as a, a jumping off point. I really think this is a big setup book. Like, it's still one big story, but I think all of these characters are going to have big parts to play later on. I, I really genuinely think that. So this book is a one complete story, but also a stepping off point. So I think that's actually what's going on with the Bind Guild and Affy later on. Um, so dealing with the idols, Wreath is alone. But Wreath, to add insult to injury, finds out that Nan, the young girl from the station that he had saved, and the Elder, they're actually Nile. And so at this point, the Jedi know who the perpetrators of the attacks have been, and that's the Nile. Um, and he is, he's out for revenge now because he, 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 he feels like a fool because he told them things about the Jedi because he had no clue who they were. He thought they were just regular people who were stranded, who needed help. Nope. He gave in information about the Jedi, things he probably should have kept quiet about. He didn't. So now he's got his reason to get back to a Max Science station. Affy has her reason to go back to a Max Science station, Maxine station, um, and Orla Jereni and Comac Vitus find out that the idols themselves were not dark side, right? They didn't have dark side energy trapped in them, but they were actually holding back the dark side on the Amaxine station, keeping whatever was there imprisoned and attempting to warn the Jedi through those visions they were having earlier in the book to stay away. All right. So now everyone has their own reason to go back. Um, and that's exactly what they do, and that's how we get into our second half of the book. Um, so 
with this mindset and you learned all these, all, pretty much all these big secrets were revealed. And we still have some more in the second half, but everything's being revealed at this point. Um, what are you thinking as we're going back to a maxing station? Um, so at this point in the book, uh, now, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll give our, our takes on each of these storylines uh, towards the end. Uh, at this point, I was... Um, in terms of the things that I was excited for, it was absolutely everything revolving these statues and that they have to bring the statues back to the station. Honestly, for me, once they got to Coruscant, I knew they were going to go back to the station. So I was like, they can't just leave it like that. They're definitely going back. I don't know how long they're going to be on Coruscant, but to go back to the station because this story is not over. Right. And, and so it was just a matter of how long it's going to take for them to get back and what exactly was going to happen that was going to bring them back and when you know you find out about the Sith temple and you find out about um uh you know uh, about the statues and and now the the situation with Affy and her mom and the bind guild uh I cared very little honestly about that storyline compared to everything going on with the Jedi and Nan and the Nihil and all of that and him, you know, realizing that Nan is Nihil. It was just everything surrounding that story uh, was uh, was what was most important to me. And the Bind Guild stuff was very secondary. I hope that that's leading to, you know, something else involving maybe the Bind Guild and maybe they're a bigger a bigger player in the galaxy at some point. Uh, but right now, in terms of where I, where, in terms of right here, I was like, um, I mean, I, this is fine, but it's not, you know, I, I was excited for Affy's character, right? you know, because I didn't know, and I don't dislike her character necessarily, uh, but her storyline in the book is, compared to everything else going on in the book, it seems very minor. And I don't know if that's on purpose, but it it just is, you know, because she has you know issues with her mom and uh, you know and her, and her parents uh, as well. Uh, which you know we find out that they were uh, you know servants and they they died uh, you know in servitude and it was it it was it so it was uh, so yeah it, it was a sad story but I just did not care as much about that story not, not nearly as much about that story <laughs> compared to the other stories going on so uh, so yeah I was honestly I was all in with the story I was wondering what was going to happen when they got back on the station. Um, I didn't care as much about Affy's storyline. I, you know, and again, and of course, Leox and Geode, I very much enjoyed those characters throughout the book. So I was looking forward to seeing them again and having them try to protect Affy. And I liked their relationship with Affy um, as well. Uh, so I was looking forward to seeing them again. Um, but yeah, at this point, I was still very much invested in the story. At this point, honestly, I was already sold. I was like, this is better than Light of the Jedi. I can't wait to see. Uh, what's going to happen next in the book? Because it was just, it was, again, just really well told at this point. And that's not a knock on Light of the Jedi. Light of the Jedi was, yeah, it was yeah. a great, it was a great stepping off point, right? Was, for yeah. the whole, for the whole initiative, great book, but it had to do so much in so little time. This, yeah, yeah I'm with you. At this point, I was like, yeah, no, this, I think this is a more focused book, and I'm liking it better. Um, also with you on the whole Affy situation. It's much smaller and doesn't tie into everything. And yes, it's definitely not as interesting as the as the main crux of the book, the Jedi story. 
I do think that I'm assuming that this is being used mm-hmm. to set up something later with the Bind Guild um, or with Scover or with Affy. I think the best part of Affy's story is the little family she's made on the ship with Leox and Geode. And those are characters that I don't care what the situation of the story is. They were they were delightful, and I would love for them to show up anywhere. They they really were. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and there was never a case of this, oh, can Affy trust the other pilot or Leox? No, they were all just solid, which is really nice. It, it was nice to see no backstabbing or anything. That Leox and Geode had her back. Like, we're willing to go back to a max nice station yeah. and all of that danger, I mean, more danger when they went back than they originally had when they were first there, admittedly, but still. Um, I like that little found family she had. Uh, so, so, but I'm with you. It definitely didn't tie into everything and it wasn't as, as important. But that didn't take away from the what was phenomenal about the book already. And I was totally on board with everything that was happening up to the point. And then... I, I guess you knew they were going back to the station. I went, where are they going to go? Oh, yeah, wait, no, that makes sense. They're going back to the station. I have no predictive <laughs> ability when I'm when I'm in things. I don't start predicting. I just like am so absorbed in the moment. Right. So, um, but they do go back, right? And so they go back and things are a little different than they left them. And we find out the Nile are there, a full cruiser, um, most likely summoned. I can't remember exactly, but most likely summoned by Nan and the elder that she was with. Um, with everything that they had seen, everything they learned, because they she knew they were Jedi on board and everything, so they were, they were there. Um, they have to infiltrate the station now and kind of all go on their separate tasks. So Affy's going to go look into the more inscriptions and and get more information about the endangered servants. Wreath is going to go explore. Um, well, what he ends up doing is he ends up exploring the area where Des was lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Orla and Comac go and take the idols, the idol statues back so they can try to contain the dark side again. Now, it doesn't go the way it's supposed to for any of these characters. First, we find out that Des is not dead. He was, in fact, transported via a hyperspace pod. Now, and the same thing happens to Wreath. So this green planet filled with forest life and vines and whatnot... They, he doesn't know where they are, but he ends up coming across what happens to be our big bads for this book and what is being teased as the big, the secondary big bads behind the Nile for the whole Repu- High Republic, and that are the Drengir. And the Drengir are these sentient carniv- carnivorous plants that are deeply connected to the dark side. I think the the... The book described them as like this swamp, all this swamp matter and vines and whatnot all kind of thrown together in moss with like bark and thorns. Um, and this group of Drengir, Drengir tell Wreath that the Amaxines had built that hyperspace relay in an attempt to take over the Drengir's planets, but that the Drengir, the planet that they're on with the Drengir had um, defeated them. All right, so... Um, and then the Drangir had actually poisoned Dez beyond all recognition, and Dez was forced to fight Wraith. Now, back on the station, we find out that the idols that were holding the dark side back, with them gone now, the Drangir have come back to life also. So Orla, Jereni, and Comac Vitus have their own Drangir to deal with. Uh, yeah. What are you feeling about the Drangir? 
So I don't know how I feel about the Drenger yet. Um, okay, you're, you're because, in the same boat then. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about the Drenger yet. I mean, they were, I thought they were good villains for this book. Uh, so it didn't take anything away from this book at all. You know, I thought they were very good villains for this book. Uh, for the High Republic as a whole, I don't know. I, I need to, uh, I like the Nile and Martian Rowe more as villains for the High Republic era. Or, you know, a portion, at least, of the High Republic era. More than the Drengir. Um, so, uh, but for this, for, for the purpose of this book, they were great. Um, you know, and I, I wouldn't have said, oh, she she should have picked a different villain. I thought they, it was very mysterious. It was very nefarious. You know, the Jedi didn't know what to do, uh, really, in terms of how to defeat them. So it was it was pretty cool seeing them try to be creative and, and figuring out how to defeat them. But overall, I don't know how I feel about them uh, as as villains, um, honestly, so far. I'm with you. I think they are this source, the first source of the dark side that we're really getting in the High Republic. Um, I guess you would have thought that would come from a more familiar type of place. Um, but no, it's carnivorous plants. When it was first announced and we first got the images for them, I was very skeptical. Um, I think they're definitely menacing enough in this book to serve as threats. Mm -hmm. And I think it works well here. But yes, I'm not entirely mm -hmm. sure in terms of their role in the larger galaxy. Um, we, we know the Nile started yeah. off smaller now out to get the entire galaxy. And they have the means to do it through the hyperspace lanes that yeah. Mari Santeca is creating for them. but And they're great. And I think they're the best villains right now. But I don't know how the Dringer are going to play into it. Um, it might be one of those things that we don't see them play into for a little bit. I'm not sure which book they're set to come up into next with the next phase starting in June. Um, but either way, they worked here. Um, and I guess at the moment, that's all that matters is they worked in this book and they do. Um, so they're able, Des, is, Des and Wreath are able to escape the planet um, and they're able to take out a couple Drangir on the way, even though a Drangir was following them back to the station on another hyperspace pod. Um, Comac and Vitus deal with their Drangir. Affy ends up finding out what she needs, and we'll, we'll get to what she ends up using that information for towards the very end when we, we depart with all the characters. Um, I'm kind of going to rush through things here a little bit, so because it really is a lot of fight scenes, and there's a lot and, of stuff that yeah, a lot, a lot, it's, it's less of the specific secrets revealed and more of just a lot of, of, a lot of action here is where the biggest part of the action happens. We have our fights with the Drangir. Um, we have the Nile find out that they're on the station, so they go to fight them. Um, the Drangir are taken care of, but then after the Nile come to attack, they find that maybe they should restart the Drangir again so that they could fight each other, and they end up doing that. Um, Wreath has this moment, and it was probably a little earlier than I'm mentioning. Wreath has this moment with Nan, and Nan actually doesn't reveal where he is or try to kill him because she owes him one. And she knows that, be and which is kind of nice to see that she actually has a little bit of honor. Um, mm -hmm. But I also like that I, I was a little bittersweet because I, I wanted her to be nice. I guess I wanted somebody from the Nile to actually turn out to be nice, maybe. I don't know. I'm I just one of those people. But no, she's like Stone Cold Killer. And she will kill anyone. And she is angry. And she's just like the rest of the Nile. But she does actually know that she owes him one. And so she, she keeps him alive. Either way, we one of the big things we find out here 
is that the Drangir, it wasn't the Amaxian warriors that used the idol statues to trap the Drangir, it was the Sith. Um, I mean, I think that's a little bit of cool knowledge. Will it play into anything? I don't know, but with the Sith Temple on Coruscant and with this, um, we these are our little, little bit of tidbits that we're getting right now until we, because right now the, the Sith and the dark side aren't a big ruling presence in the galaxy. So just, I thought that was nice to, that'd be a good thing to point out um, as just kind of compile all the dark side tidbits we get. Um, sh long story short, uh, Wreath sends out all of the hyperspace pods into the middle of space so they can't be used to take over any other planet or at all because the Drangir have some planets and they'll also, uh, plans and they will also go and kill whoever they can and they want to rule the world, uh, rule the galaxy. But he, he makes sure that nobody can leave the station using those hyperspace pods, which would be really helpful for, you know, taking over other planets. Um, they turn the Nile and Drangir on each other in the station. And then Wreath has this idea. Let me, I'm, I'm really boiling it down to basics, but he essentially, um, he essentially, what, 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 what is it? He essentially exposes this air, the giant airlock on the station. And then there's explosive energy and the Nile and Drangir are pulled out into space. Um, and boom, right? They, uh, that is the end of the maximization. I'm making it sound a whole lot less grand than it was because um, <laughs> it, it definitely plays out well in the book. It's just a lot of back and forth. It's hard to really recap. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, they have fit, they have found out the Drangir are around and they've been around for a while and they are menacing threats. The Nile are still a threat and will be for a while. Um, but they have Desback. Right, so while there are some yep. bad things happening, there is one silver lining, and that is Des. Um, and now they are gonna all go back to Coruscant, and we'll, we'll talk about where the characters end up. Um, but what did we think of this second half? Uh, so at this point, um, you know, most of the book, or basically, basically, pretty much all of the book, had, you know, had. Uh, had been completed and at this point you're just I mean I was uh, completely satisfied um, with the second half of the book Des is back I was I was elated that Des was back I hope he stays back I hope they don't kill him off in <laughs> anytime soon uh, so uh, it was horrible what, what happened to him which I think that really did give the Drengear a lot of a lot of teeth and made them like yeah these these things are really dangerous, you know that they were able to so I mean I don't know they didn't show what, uh you know what they what happened like if they snuck up on Des or whatever or maybe they, they pricked him with something or or whatever but but that they were able to to just kind of gang up on him and that was it he was just completely incapacitated, um you know shows that yeah these things are really dangerous. Uh, so, but overall, I mean, the second half I thought was great. I thought the Nile confrontation, uh, the Nile and the Drangir, and uh, like you said, there was a lot of action. Um, uh, so yeah, honestly, I was, I was completely, <laughs> I was completely satisfied with it. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked the twist with Nan a lot. Um, and uh, I do hope at some point she sees the light, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think the way that she described her, she made it seem like the the she was completely sold on the Nihil. Um, uh, did she say like her mother? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah something so it's, with her parents. It's a familial uh, thing with her. So yeah, she's completely sold on the way on the Nihil uh, way of life. So 
Um, uh, so yeah, this is, uh, yeah, she seems to be gone completely dark side in that regard, but overall I, I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And we seem to have pretty much the same thoughts on, on most of this book. So it's a lot of me going, yeah, I'm with you. I agree. I, <laughs> I do. I think it ends really, really well. Um, I think the Drangir were proper, properly menacing. Um, they, I, again, we don't know what, how they're going to play into the universe going forward, but for now, they were a dark, menacing threat. They posed a challenge. Um, in a way, I didn't think, because I never really, I really, I, going into this book, I really didn't know if we were going to get them. I, I really did not know that they were the big, big opposing force in this book. Um, so it was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, I really just thought it'd be more Nile, but we did still end up having the Nile at the end there. Um, so I'll kind of, at the end of the book, we get a, a there an epilogue and a couple short another sh- chapter or two, kind of wrapping up everyone. So, um, Affy, after she gets more, you know, she gets more proof about the indentured servitude that the Bind Guild is committing, and she actually reports her adoptive mother, and it's a really really big decision for her. I'm, I'm not selling it well enough. This is a big decision for her. Someone that took her in after her parents um, had died, but again, that also played into it because her parents were indentured servants so Affie take makes this big decision and she really had the chance to be the head of the buying guild going forward when she was of age and when it was her turn but she turns that down um and scover the um the leader of the buying guild is quickly arrested now des who is very much worse for wear uh after his encounter with the drangier and the poisoning and everything he went through and the um treatment and the torture um his connection to the force was broken during all of this and he chooses to take the barash vow um and spend years in deep meditation um orla does officially become a way seeker by the end of the book she buys a ship of her own calling it the light seeker uh i like that it's cool way seeker light seeker it works for me i love that geode helped her out so i I don't know how this giant sentient rock moved around a starship display like a display floor, um, but he did. Uh, that's cool, and I thought it was great. Like they had developed a nice little relationship by the end of this, which was pretty cool, and I didn't see coming. Um, yeah. I like that. And Reese now a Padawan without a teacher um, asks if Comac Vitus, Master Comac Vitus, would take him on as an apprentice, um, and it really seemed like Comac would say no. Um, but he, he says this, he says this line, he says, I still have much to learn and there's no better way to learn than to teach. You will be my first Padawan wreath and perhaps my greatest instructor in the force. Um, and I think this has a chance to be a really unconventional Padawan master pairing in relationship in the Star Wars universe. Um, with how out of touch Comac is with the Jedi Order, right? And, and how disillusioned he is. But it makes sense from a grief standpoint. Everything Comac has been dealing with and everything Wreath has been dealing with after he loses his master and almost lost his other his master's former Padawan. But the way Wreath ends in the book is is a level of optimism that Comac didn't have. And it seemed that Wreath had handled it better and, and to see these two go forward together and helping each other out, I think is a really nice place to take it. Um, and I think that's, that works. The book ends with the Starlight Beacon finally coming online. So we're at the end of Light of the Jedi. Everything right now, a test of courage, um, and Into the Dark, really, 
coincide with Light of the Jedi. So um, it features the Jedi, the end of it, from Into the Dark and Light of the Jedi. Uh, Outer Rim is now open to become part of the Republic, and it, the Starlight Beacon Axe is a nice way station between the Core Worlds and the Frontier. Now, the very, very end, we find that Nan is kneeling before Markeon Roe, who is the Isle the eye of the Nile and now the de facto leader. Um, and we know him, he's menacing and he's great. I'm excited for him and his adversarial approach throughout the entire, about throughout the entire high Republic saga. She tells him that the Jedi killed her guardian, the elder, um, and so many others of the Nile. She also tells him that she fears the Jedi and the power they wield. And Markion says to her, you are wise to fear the Jedi and the Republic, but they should fear us in return, for the Nile will be the destruction of the Jedi. So that's we we know that he was going out for that since Light of the Jedi. We know he's going he's going right for the next of the Jedi, and he's going to really really bring some punishment to the galaxy. And I think this just furthered that. Um, but that is into the dark. That's that's that is the end of it. Um, and I, I really, really liked where we left off with these characters. I think they're all in interesting places and definitely have somewhere to go that's interesting afterward. They're all in great trajectories, and I can't, I can't wait to see them. Um, so, overall, wrapping up the, our, our thoughts on the book, how do you feel about Into the Dark by Claudia Gray? Uh, wrapping up, uh, I thought this was a fantastic book. Um, I mean, I have to... I don't think it cracks my top 10. I'd have to look at my list again, but it may at least be an honorable mention. It was I really enjoyed enjoyed uh, going through this book. I think this is one of her best um, Star Wars books. It certainly has the most Jedi, and, and I love everything involved, <laughs> involving the Force uh, in the Star Wars universe, so I'm a sucker for... I, w- I would be a sucker for a book like this. So this is definitely right up my alley. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, you know, I expect expected no less uh, from Claudia Gray. There's so much force stuff. There's so much dark side. There's so much mystery and intrigue. The characterization is fantastic. I want to see so much more of Wreath. He's already one of my favorite High Republic characters. I want to see so much more of Comac. I want to see so much more of their relationship. I loved at the end when Comac says he's not sure if he's the right person to be. There's so much doubt in him. But he says, you know what, let's do it anyway, because as a master, I would learn from you as well. So I'm just like, yes, I want to see more of that, you know, and I love the the cautious nature of him as a master. That's one of the things I like about Obi-Wan also. So I just I just like that from the Jedi Masters where they're not like I know everything necessarily, Um, but they're like doing I'm doing my best. And it's just yeah, so I, I love that dynamic. So I want to see a lot more of that. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, I like what all these characters are doing. And, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing more of them. I didn't, I don't, I'm not as sold on the Affy Bind Guild storyline, but I'm open to see where they go with it. Uh, you know, it wasn't awful, but it was definitely not as good as everything else in the book. Um, so I'm not as excited for that yet. But overall, I mean, the book, I mean, the I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. In complete agreement. I think this just continues her streak of knockouts in the Star Wars universe. And I will read yeah. anything Claudia Gray. 
And I've read, actually, I've read some of her other books, and she's a phenomenal writer, but her, to me, her Star Wars work is just above and beyond fantastic. Uh, she's working on something moving forward. We, at the round table that was, um, that they had the day that um, Light of the Jedi and A Test of Courage came out, everyone announced the next phase of books, right? And that next phase of books, it has Out of the Shadows, the next young adult book, and that will have Wreath Silas in it from Justina Ireland. Yeah. So that's where he will be next. We don't know where the rest of the characters will be. Um, I don't think they, I don't think, I may have missed it, but I don't think they've been mentioned. And it makes sense when they had that round table, they didn't want to mention really any of the characters or what happened because this book still wasn't coming out for another month. Um, Claudia Gray, though, is working on something and she can't tell us what, but I am very, very excited for whatever she's going to be doing. Because we know she'll be heavily involved in the High Republic going forward. She's part of that whole story creative group. Not the Lucasfilm story group, but the whole creative group behind this High Republic initiative. So that's exciting. Um, I love this book. I really, really did. And there were aspects that don't work as well, of course. I think the flashbacks pull you out a little bit. And they're not as entrenched in the story and connected as I thought they would be and hoped they would be. And Affy Hollow's personal journey while while good in its own rights and has its own merits again doesn't tie into everything else as well but i think maybe that's something that could play off later even if it's not though i'm glad for the introduction of affy herself um and that entire crew of leox and geode and i'm like i said earlier would love to see them in any other book um and any other story going forward love to see them in comic book form if they show up as i know they'll probably um, they'll have the opportunity because right now the High Republic comic book is the only thing that is bridging this first phase of books and the second phase of books and it takes place after Light of the Jedi and it's the only project to do so right now so that's possible or another comic book going forward wherever they decide to show up be great um, all the characters really all the Jedi characters I'm completely sold on like you said the Wreath Comac Vitus relationship is going to be a great one a great mentorship I think um, a disillusioned mentor is really nice and i think we've seen our fair share yes. of those um we saw qui-gon jinn with his yeah. um he you know he really truly believed in prophecy and it kind of estranged yeah. him from the jedi order for that and the jedi masters mm-hmm. um and we've had a few other examples but here i think he's probably one of the more disillusioned masters we've seen in canon and i think that makes for um a really good a really good dynamic with Wreath, who is pretty, who's pretty, he's pretty confident in his place in the Jedi, even after the grief. So it's a great teaching point for both of them, and it'll be interesting yeah. to see where they go. I'd love to see what Orla Jereni does on her time as a wayseeker and how she can come back into their lives. Um, and Des is looks like, yeah, I don't, I hope they don't kill him, like you said. I do think that he's probably off the table for a long time. Because he's going on that years-long meditation, the Barash vow. Uh, so I think he'll be gone for a while. Um, but all of these characters, I was invested in their journeys pr- almost from the beginning. If not the very beginning, very close to the beginning. And we got the chance to really grow with them and go up and down with them. The characterization, the development, the growth is phenomenal. They really are complete characters. And like I said, this book felt very much like a jumping-off point. For a lot of other storylines, it's setting up. And I think that first phase was always going to feel like this a little bit with all of the books because you're setting up a years-long initiative and these storylines going forward. But at the same time, it tells such a good, complete story 
um, that, yeah, I would probably right now put it in my top 10 um, of Star Wars books. And Claudia Gray already has two on that list uh, with um, with Lost Stars and uh, no three on that list with Lost Stars, Master and Apprentice and Bloodline. So I think that I'll read anything by her. And I absolutely loved this book. Um, so that was our Into the Dark breakdown. Um, that went about as long as I expected it to. Um, and we still didn't even get into every single nitty-gritty detail because there really is so much to know. Um, the books, if if you are not if if you have not picked up the book, we totally recommend that you do. I'm pretty sure you agree with me, right, Shamari? Oh, absolutely. Big recommendation, yeah. Big recommendation. Um, definitely pick it up if you haven't. If you want, of course, before this, Light of the Jedi is also a great book. A Test of Courage is great. This whole Republic, this whole High Republic initiative has been really, really solid so far. Um, so I'm very excited by that. I also suggest if you want some both some concept art and some images that you can really entrench yourself in the world some more and then get some quick snippets if you forget stuff or you're just unsure of what people look like or characters and the station or the Drengear. As I said with the last episode on A Test of Courage, um, Star Wars is releasing those couple two to three minute long videos that go into and kind of recap the origins of certain characters. They have one on Leox. They have one on the Drengear. Um, so it, it, I think those are, they have one on Wreath. So those are really, really helpful and just kind of help draw you into the world more. And having that visual component, which I know helped me both now and then earlier with Light of the Jedi, like I said, with all of those characters and looking them up in their names. Um, the fact that they've had these concept designers work on them just adds an extra level of um, engagement that we wouldn't have otherwise. Um, so that is Into the Dark. In terms of High Republic material moving forward, um, Shamari, I know we'll probably review the... I don't know if you've been following them month to month, but we'll probably review them, the comic book series, after their first arc is done. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I, I've only gotten through the first couple of issues um, of the main comic, and I haven't gotten into the Adventures one at all. Um uh, so, uh, so yeah, we can do that after once the, the first arc is done, we can definitely go over that. I think it's just easier. And I think it's also, um, a little unfair to judge an entire one issue of a comic book by itself because it really is just one part of a whole and you can't really judge a story right. based on just one fifth of a story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, agree. I think, uh, I think doing that will be really great. That'll be, uh, the first, the main series ends in June, I want to say. Five issues, usually, the Star Wars arcs are. Um, Adventures will probably end around the same time, which will also kick off Phase 2. So we'll probably review those, and then we'll start reading the books for Phase 2 um, in June. I believe is the Out of the Shadows comes out by Justina Ireland. Um, so we will have more High Republic content going forward, but we will be taking a break from that for a while. Um, be on the lookout for Shamari trying to convince me why from a certain point of view is worth a read slash listen um that'll most likely be our next episode within the next couple weeks and then we'll dive into the finale of the alphabet squadron trilogy with victory price by alexander freed um samari i'm really glad we got to talk this out I'm, I'm always glad we get to talk this out but this is our main communicating point for star wars um so uh, uh thank you i'm so glad we got to talk about this Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm always got I'm always up for talking Star Wars, you know, anywhere. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just glad we got to talk about it.
Now, Shamari, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, so people, you can find me on, uh, uh, I personally am on Instagram and Snapchat at MCSham22. Uh, and you can also find, uh, you can also check out my podcast. It's on, we, uh, me and my brothers have a new generation podcast network. That's NU Generation Podcast Network. And we're pretty much anywhere you can find, you listen to podcasts. And we also have a YouTube channel called New Generation uh, Media. Uh, so look us up. Uh, we do a lot of uh, superhero stuff, sports stuff, and Star Wars stuff. Uh, so check out my uh, podcast, The Imperial Broadcast, on our podcast network. It's a lot of Star Wars. And if you like the show, I'm sure you'll like that as well. I definitely recommend all of Shamari and that group, New Generation. They The Imperial Broadcast is great, um, but so are all their other shows and a lot of pop culture that they're covering and sports also. Uh, so if... if um, if you're looking for more of that content, they're fantastic. They're so knowledgeable, and it's a fun atmosphere. And I've been on the Imperial Broadcast a few times. So if you're going backlogging, you can find me on a couple of those episodes and hopefully something coming up. Um, as you can with New Generation, we Geeking Out Over Star Wars is available on every service where you would find a podcast, Apple Music, Amazon Music, um, Spotify, of course. Um, if you like what you hear... Please like the show, subscribe, follow. Um, it means the world to us. Um, and we are excited to be back within the next couple of weeks. 